0: hello there you're listening to the watson's daily podcast with me peter watson on tuesday the 29th of march today i'm joined by ines pinheiro who is a watson's daily ambassador hi there ines how are you doing today
1: Hello, Pete, I'm doing great, things In this cloudy afternoon. And you?
0: Yeah, yeah, good, thank you. Um you're out of the kitchen today, aren't you?
1: Yes. <laughs> <Is> that- <laughs> actually, hopefully you'll be, you'll be able to hear me much better. I'm yeah. using my headset today.
0: <laughs> clear, clear as a bell. Um so right. Um, right, so uh what um story did you find most interesting from today's Watson's Daily then?
1: Yes. Yeah, so today, I thought this Financial Times article about um, solar power was really interesting. So oh, yeah. it, uh, it says UK ministers, they aim to triple solar power capacity by 2030. Mm-hmm. And it shows that the UK's Business Secretary, Kwasi. I'm so sorry, I'm not entirely sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. but I think, we, I think that's
0: good enough. Yeah,
1: I think <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. 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 He, essentially, he suggested um, tripling the number of solar panels and doubling the amount of onshore wind power by 2030.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: apparently, these kind of ideas have been met with resistance. Yep. Yeah so uh, this move offers cheap domestic energy but has been met with local opposition to solar farms and wind farms Mm -hmm. and apparently they are concerned about the impact they could have on biodiversity Mm -hmm. in the countryside and Mm. the impact on views interesting Um, and so one of the protesters campaigning to protect the countryside explained that the switch to green energy was vital But it makes no sense for the countryside to become the patchwork world of solar panels and and call for the government to develop a strategy to install these panels on rooftops primarily. Mm -hmm. And so, if you think about it, these issues certainly call for development in these areas. We are at an emergency point at the moment. And it's good to see the government trying to take actions. I just found it curious that they they seem to be opting to build these solar panels in the countryside instead of using rooftops. So, why do you think this is Pisa? Is it because it's more expensive? Is it because you you would need to get more people to agree to it, and and that could slow things down? What do you think?
0: Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Really. I mean, uh, you know, on the one hand, obviously, you you, you want to be um, you want to be environmentally friendly i mean th- there's been so much um lead up to to um well i suppose to cop 20 cop 26 and slightly afterwards as well you know you've got all these um oil companies committing to being carbon neutral by you know 2050 and all this kind of stuff and with with all these um targets etc but then uh y- you know ukraine uh, russia happened and this has made it this is really, this has changed, this has changed the landscape. And I think now that these, um, this comes up again. So I think that objections to, uh, you know, to all this, um, you know, like solar panels and wind farms and things has, I guess, been listened to much more in the past um, and, uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, and, and I, you know, they are, they are genuine concerns. I mean, you know, living next to, a, I, mean, I remember reading a, a newspaper article a few years ago about living next to a, um, a wind farm or one of those turbines is an absolute nightmare because, yeah. um, it's quite noisy and, I mean, I think that's the main thing, which sounds not that bad, but then you think if you've got that constantly, you know, it's going to really affect you i think if nothing else is gonna you know not be good for your mental health yeah um and i think um a couple of uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago i remember seeing there was an article that was talking about how um it knocks eight percent off the price of your house
1: property yes
0: yes so so yeah so it is interesting <clears throat> there are objections to it so although it sounds good in theory, um, you know people don't like either unsightly and the other thing of course is i mean i I suppose and and i think you said you know you you're you're the same aren't you with um regard to solar panels yes how effective are they in the uk which is not known (laughs) for amazingly good weather versus let's say wind power or i mean you know, if only we could harness the power of rain. Um, I mean, we, we that would be ne- incredible. I know. We would never have a shortage, would we? We would never have a shortage. Um, so if we, could, if we could somehow harness that <laughs> or, or, or grey skies, I mean, we would be absolutely yeah. laughing. Well, we're um, calling
1: all the geniuses here in the podcast to try and create a solution for us. <laughs> if they can come up with a solution for this, I'm pretty sure we'll be leading in this yeah. technology.
0: Absolutely. The world will look at us, will be like the Saudi Arabia of yes. rain. Of rain
1: oh, that, <laughs> that would be incredible. But yes, I mean, if you think about solar energy in the UK, well, it's, mm. it's never sunny mm. here. Uh, why, why even invest that much money in something that perhaps can even give you uh, the results you expect? Mm. But also, I mean, what, what I thought was curious is that, I mean, I can bring my experience from what I've seen in Portugal, yeah. where my family is based. Um, yeah. So in in, in in Porto, where we are from, uh, most people have solar panels in their roofs. Yeah. And it's, it's great because, you know, it kind of allows people to have some sort of autonomy over the energy because, mm. of course, they are facilitating the kind of production of uh, solar energy which is great and that's kind of divided so somehow mm. it goes to the national grid but also mm. people have some sort of a- autonomy which is good in terms of prices so when you think about um people here in the uk opposing to this um initiatives to kind of construct and build these so- solar panels in the countryside you you would think but why is the government trying to to do these things in the countryside instead of uh, in people's property. But I mean I suppose if you if you consider the what you just said in terms of like the um, turbines and wind creation and mm. wind power, I mean it's it's a different story because of course that's really noisy. And mm. so it will be equivalent to living next to an airport, I suppose. Mm because it's really annoying. But in terms of solar energy, I think it's quite different. And I thought it was really interesting, because when we were having this call before, you kind of showed me this Tesla um, rooftop design, which I yeah. thought, wow, it's, it's just incredible, yeah. because it doesn't look like a solar roof.
0: No, it's really cool. I mean, there's, there is some very cool technology out there. I mean, I think that the... I don't know how available it is, how expensive it is, how efficient it is versus a panel. but you know uh, Tesla do these um, and we're not sponsored by Tesla by the way, but, but they do these <laughs> they do these roof tiles that look just like roof tiles. and so if you use their tiles for your roof, It really wouldn't. It's not like having a a solar panel whacked onto your roof. It's an actual tile and it just looks like a normal tile. So things like that. I mean, if there's innovations which can do that, which make it more attractive, um, to to have this on your property, you're more likely to do it, you know, I think you're more likely to do it. And then this, this other thing that I saw, you know, I was saying to you that I saw years ago um, when I was broking and because um, I, you know, I used to see loads of companies and, you know, they present uh, to us and stuff and talk about strategy and whatnot. And I remember uh, they brought in like a, a sample of the, they have solar glass um, which and like I say, I mean, I saw it years ago, so it must be knocking around now. But um, and it looks just like a normal piece of glass, but slightly darker. And then if you look really close, it's a bit it was a bit like looking at if you look really close at a windscreen of a car, you can see these little lines. And, and that's, you know, when you, you hit the uh, uh, D-mister mm-hmm. um, in the car, then it, it, it these are tiny heating elements. And. Then they, you know, obviously it gives out heat that defrosts your your windscreen and, you know, you can carry on your journey. But with solar glass, it's they they're these these wire thing, you know, these tiny, tiny wires are all picking up the solar yeah. energy and then converting that into uh electricity. And yeah. I remember thinking, wow, that is great because it's unobtrusive. It looks normal. And I think, you know, if the as with everything, you know all these things; they're great innovations, but in order to make them more affordable, you have to have big demand. Yeah. But then you then have to make it cheaper to have big demand. So you're kind of in a a, a a you know a difficult situation because you can't make it cheaper if you don't have the demand. But to make have the you know do you know what I mean? You've got to, and this is why you have. Um, governments and things giving incentives mm-hmm. to try to get you over that initial thing so if you think oh solar powers are, uh, panels are expensive then the government gives you you know whatever x thousands, thousands of pounds and you go well okay maybe i'll do it and then it gets you over that concern and yeah. then that will get more um uh you know, like volume of orders and then with the more volume of orders, that makes it cheaper for everyone. And then prices go down, etc. cetera. So I mean, that's the, that's the idea. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just that I think that, um, uh, that the commitments that we saw at the end of last year are potentially going to be put aside um, because mm-hmm. of the, the more imminent um, threat of not having enough oil, not yeah. having enough electricity, not having enough gas, um, and that will be very damaging to economies.
1: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Because if you, if you take a minute to think about uh, this topic, can be really controversial. On the one hand, you have environmental treaties, the Paris Agreement, mm-hmm. in like Britain, protesters, you know, blocking most ways and... Through in their faces to roads. Sorry, this mm. is really funny, but I mean, I have to. That was unbelievable. And then mm. on the other side, you have you know the interests of big oil companies want to expand in the North Sea and the current energy crisis during mm. COVID, supply chain disruptions. Mm. Things have gotten even worse since the Russia. You know, since Russia invaded Ukraine. And on top of that, you know, our, our green energy infrastructure is not enough to generate power for all mm. reasons. And you have the protesters trying to protect the countryside as well. So you can't mm. win them all, can you?
0: No. So no. where
1: do you start? I mean, if putting the war in Ukraine aside, I personally think regardless of this issue, the government needs to work on the production of green energy and create infrastructure mm. Mm. to transition to a greener economy because part of the issue that we are experiencing is because of production of energy wasn't aligned with the demand of energy you know, following mm. COVID. And on the other hand, the crisis calls for immediate action after the invasion of Ukraine. We felt uh, Mm -hmm. a more real and more tangible energy crisis and Mm -hmm. governments are having to make difficult decisions, especially Mm. in Europe because, you know, the energy is is in such demand and prices are on the rise. It's inevitable, you know, it poses difficulties for the UK as well, even though we we don't get as much gas from Russia as Europe does. Is that correct? I think that's my understanding.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah.
1: so, yeah. And and I think here is where, you know, the, the Nazi comes into play. And so now I ask you, Peter, what's your story for today?
0: There you go. Beautifully done. <laughs> uh, beautifully done. Uh, so, yeah. Um, well, uh, strange you should ask. Um, but, uh, yeah. <clears throat> yes. I mean, I think that, um, you know, the story that interested me today the most um, was about the changing views of what's going to be happening with the North Sea. Now, of course, um, COP twenty six, sort of the lead up to COP twenty six, um, Shell were you know had uh, w- you know was looking for permission from the government to drill in the Cambo oil field, which is off sh- off the Shetland Islands. Then um, Bojo said at COP twenty six, you know, he made he's climate commitments and stuff and then there were there was more pressure from activists saying okay what are you going to do about the cambo oil fields so shell was all ready to drill and the government was it seemed putting putting off giving the final permission and then um yeah and then it just had yeah so it, it then um then the government continued to drag their feet and i think it was either at the end of last year or the beginning of this mm-hmm. that shell decided well you you've delayed enough we're walking away so they walked away from from the cambo oil field and now they're coming back you know and and um it looks to you know so shell is reconsidering um and it now and and by the way and i think i said this last week with with um, with Duncan that I don't, I personally, I mean, this sounds like I'm a conspiracy theorist. I'm not a conspiracy <laughs> theorist, but which is exactly what conspiracy theorists say. But <laughs> the <clears throat> is, is, um, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it's interesting that, um, that the oil companies did not get hit by a windfall tax. And then the next day, they announced, Shell announced that it was, you know, uh, it was, it was, um, putting more money into the UK Mm. and going to invest 75% of that money, which I don't know, 25 billion pounds or something, 75% was going to go into renewable stuff. So it just seems it's all kind of, you know, it's all related. And so at the moment um, we've got, um, we've got increasing pressure. So according to this, this article in the Telegraph, um, it was talking about how, um, uh, uh, the industry body called Offshore Energies UK is saying if we don't invest more in the North Sea, we may have to, put, to import 80% of our gas by 2030. So, you know, I think that what we are seeing now, not only here, but I think around especially Europe, um, we are seeing um, the fact that, you know, on the one hand, you've got the environmental lobby saying, we can't. We want to rely less on on um, <clears throat> on fossil fuels, but then on the other, the you've got the <clears throat> sorry, you've got the oil and gas companies who are saying, right, what are we going to do now? Um, you need the you need the oil and gas. We can do it, um, but you're not letting us do it. And you know you've got the government dragging their feet about doing. Oh, should we do it? Should we commit to to the environment? But then at the same time, the oil and gas lobby is saying, well, you know, you need us now. You need to put your environmental concerns to one side at the moment, mm-hmm. because otherwise there is going to be a massive shortage.
1: Yeah.
0: And so I think that, you know, what I've argued today is and I'm just trying to, I'm just looking at it from a, 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 a you know commercial. from the oil, from a commercial point of view yeah. is that if I was oil, you know an oil and gas company, I would be getting the government um to sign up as to as many projects as possible right now because the environmental lobby will be quite i think their voice will be quite weak
1: mm-hmm. because um, what would you argue inevitably you need to do something right now because prices are going up
0: massively. yeah yeah, exactly, and so there there are things i mean that's why yeah everyone's desperate to get something now i mean that's why for instance um you saw a few weeks ago i mean they they tried and failed but you know um america was talking to venezuela about
1: oh, don't get me that my parents out <laughs> there yeah. and i don't even know what to think about that <laughs>
0: yeah so they were you know they were they were talking to maduro who is uh you know they they uh, the americans along with a lot of western countries don't officially recognize him as the president. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet they had negotiations and it just shows how desperate everyone is. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, you know, bringing it back over to um, the UK and the North Sea, um, I think that everyone is going to be saying, well, look, you know, we need it. It is there. We need people to get it out of the ground. Let's go. And, it's you know, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I think I said this at the the time of COP twenty six. You know, your your compromise uh, on this would be okay. We'll let you drill. You can do that, but we want X percent of the, you know, seventy five percent of the profits must go towards renewable investments. And I suppose you can appease people like that.
1: Well, it makes sense because, you know, y- y- we are aware of the increase in prices we're experiencing mm-hmm. because everybody's being hit by it. Businesses, individuals, private individuals, whatever, you know, everybody's going to feel this uh, crisis inevitably. And mm. what's interesting about this article is that uh, the North Sea it has enough steel there to supply mm. for the next 13 years. Mm. since. Seems- it seems crazy not not to do anything about it in a situation mm. where we clearly need it mm. uh, and you know the other thing that i was thinking about is you know if they go on to import 80% of 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 gas mm. uh, by you know by, by if things develop and nobody does anything about the north sea they will you know mm. go on to import 80% of its gas by 2030 that's what they mm. are if that happens, what's going to happen with the price of that gas that's being imported? I mean, I Mm. think it's going to be uh, more expensive, and that's going to inevitably affect everybody as well. And and so here we are. You know, mm. what do we do? Do we honor you know what's been discussed following COP26 commitments? Uh, can we actually do that? Do we have the present capacity to do that, or mm. do we have to rely on imports of energy because our infrastructure is not capable of taking of the the energy production to power mm. all of the UK? So it's difficult. But I, I mean, I still think the energy transition should be the priority and we should rely on the North Sea mm. for now, mm. because we don't have mm. another option. I
0: okay. mean, I, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I have to say, I would have thought this would be very good news for Scotland and very good news for Aberdeen.
1: Mm. I would have
0: thought, because, you know, Aberdeen yeah. in particular is... Is hugely reliant on the fortunes of oil, the oil industry. Mm-hmm. So, if they can squeeze another load of years out of the oil industry, you know this is, you know, it is going to be, um, you know, it's going to be a good thing for 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 them, you know, in in that area. Although I would have thought they would have had a very, you know, that area would have had a very nasty shock over covid because mm-hmm. of the, the you know the opposite happening the price is going right down and that is possibly a sign of what of what could happen so i'm i'm hoping that places i i know i keep talking about aberdeen but aberdeen is so so central to you know oil uh in the yeah. uk you sort of think well hopefully they will try to use what we've got left you know what yeah. there is left um, to invest in other things so that they don't get, you know, they don't they don't literally face uh, a, an abyss when the North Sea oil fields run dry. And apparently, according and and this is always a bit difficult, you know, to is a bit of a moving target. But you know, they are uh, some of the people are saying that um, there is still enough oil in the North Sea uh, to supply us for the next thirteen years. Yeah. So you know, hopefully within that time, there will be so thirteen years. Where does that take us to? To 2035? 30, mm-hmm. You know, by then um, maybe there'll be these Rolls Royce um, <laughs> small modular reactors. Yes. There might be one or two actual you know like big reactors. Um, wind, offshore wind farms will be will be kicking in. So you know, hopefully yeah. by that time um, things should be okay.
1: Well, if, if they do what they say they want to do and they use the proceeds of these developments to invest in green energy, I don't see why that shouldn't be the case. Mm. Mm. And yeah. you know, it's, it's something that needs to be developed regardless of, you know, the war uh, in Ukraine or COVID just because climate change is something that's being felt by, by everybody. Yeah, and we need we need to work on that for sure. Mm. Especially, you know, especially if you think in terms of the weather situation, uh, places like the UK, production mm. is even more important here because you do have a winter, you yeah. know, and because I mean, I, I lived in Venezuela most of my life, and you know, mm. and it's not required there because you know you you don't need heating supplies or anything like that. Mm. whereas here the energy production is more prominent in respect of that so i mm. think investment in this area is certainly something required especially if you know with electric vehicles coming up as well
0: mm. yeah no absolutely so anyway no i mean this is a fascinating subject and one that will be i mean we'll be coming back to this many many a time i'm sure um but um but yeah for now it looks like um the north sea is almost it looks like it's going to be back in business um, and, um, you know, and, and any kind of talk of it, sort of us trying to wean ourselves off it is certainly um, at least, at the very least, delayed for quite some years, I would have thought, yeah, compared I mean, to what I'm, it was looking like at the beginning of the year.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what the environmentalists are going to say after this, to be honest.
0: Mm. Well, it's, <laughs> it's going to be difficult, isn't it? They're, yeah. li- literally, they're going to say, well, you shouldn't do that. This is, we want to get off. Uh, fossil fuels and then the oil the oil comp oil and gas companies would go okay sounds great we want the same as well however yeah. um the alternative is do you want do you want to get your gas from you know do you want to get your snuff from russia yeah and the if the answer is no then well okay where else are you going to get it then um and mm-hmm. everyone is everyone's in the same in in the same position who wants to not get oil you know oil and gas from from, from uh, russia. russia yeah but there you go. Um, it's, it's all good. It's all good. I mean, oh, it's all, not all good, but I mean, yeah, it's all interesting stuff anyway. It's all
1: interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think it's <clears> a <throat> really interesting time for innovation. So, yes. you know, let's hope somebody, after listening to this podcast, they come up with a solution for rain, electricity. Yes, that's okay. right. That's exactly <laughs> right.
0: Exactly right. Um, oh, brilliant. God. Well, look, um, thank you very much, Ines, um, for, you. your, for your thoughts today. Um, thank you very much for uh, listeners for listening. Um, also, just to uh, reiterate, you know, I'm, I'm doing a uh, review of March uh, on Thursday. This is coming Thursday. It's free. You can register, you know, but you need to register um, and, you know, look, on, just look on our socials. Um, it's, it's me doing the, the overview of, of business and financial markets news. And I'm doing it with Jake Shogger of the Commercial Law Academy, who is he is a lawyer and he will pick up some of the legal points, which are actually very interesting. So you don't have to be a lawyer for it. But, you know, obviously, for those of you who are lawyers, it is of particular interest to you. Uh, Anyway, there you go. Well, look, um, uh, thank you very much for today. Um, And uh, no problem. And thank you very much for listeners, for listening to us. We'll be back again tomorrow. Many thanks.
1: Many thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.